This is episode 687 for June 2021. And you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is a cover of the 67 Spider-Man theme song by a uh, group on YouTube. Their channel's called Hot Sale Jazz and Pop. Interesting name, like the cover of it. It sounded really good. Before we get to this episode, I want to thank people that made it possible for you to listen to it. They logged on to patreon.com slash crawlspace, and they help support the site and help me pay the bills. And a big thank you goes out to Gene, Ghost Spider 2018, JR, Robert, Scott, Venkman, David, Frazetta Hulk, Frederick, James, Kelly, King Hillbilly, Laura, Mohammed, Noah, O-Force 33, Scott F, Scott M, Will, hashtag something good for you, Dalla, AJ, Andrew, Bob, Craig, Dow, Datboy, Donnie, Avenji, Jeffrey, Groove Comics, Hafskimo, Ira, Jay, JB, Jared, John M, John P, Curtis, Matthew, Michael, Mitzi86, Nick, Patrick, Ricky, Shane, Stephen, Stuart, Symbiobro, and we've got Toby Z. So again, Thank you to each and every one of them. Uh, again, log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace and get some exclusive podcasts like episodes early, exclusive spider satellite episodes, behind the scenes uh, content. Also, you get uh, movie DVD commentary from the panel on Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and we're going to do Amazing Sp- or just Spider-Man 3 coming up if we hit a certain goal. All right, let's talk Ditko. Coming up now. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to a special episode. And we're celebrating Spider Man's co creator. And we're joined by the family. We have Mark Ditko. Let's welcome Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you doing, man? So nice to meet you. Yeah, good to be here. And Mark is Steve Ditko's nephew, and I'm carrying on the tradition. So glad to have you on the show, Mark. It's an honor. And we're also joined on this episode by Matt Lamb. There is Matt right there. Now, Matt is the creative director of Bottle Works in Johnston. Is that how I say it? Johnstown? Johnstown, yep. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Johnstown, which was uh, Steve Ditko's hometown. And these two fellas are putting together an exhibit called Hometown Heroes, the Steve Ditko Exhibit. So talk a bit about how this came about. Matt, I hear it was your idea, and you, you got in touch with Mark. Is that how it happened? Uh, yeah, that, that was the first contact between me and the family. I reached out to Mark and gave him my idea, and then, uh, you know, we went from there. He put me in touch with his his dad and brother, and, it, you know, the rest is history, I guess, is how you would say it. <laughs> right. And a whole lot of work. Yeah. Now, Mark, is yeah, this like absolutely. the... Is this like the first exhibit ever for Steve? Uh, with, with, the, with the family involved? Yeah. 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 So talk a bit about the exhibit. Why did you guys want to put this together? Uh, I know. Well, because he deserves it. Exactly. You know? I mean, yeah. he he's, uh, you know, artists tend to be uh, backseat drivers sometimes in early days. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Stan being the showman that he was. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else just sort of paled, you know, in comparison, uh, they weren't out there. Uh, they had their nose to the grindstone, you know, uh, doing stories and artwork. Right. So, you know, they just did, they, they deserve, you know, Jack and, and Steve and Steve Ditko and those guys, 
they they deserve uh, a, a little shining. I, I agree. And the name of the show, let me pull up this image, uh, the Ditko inspired exhibit uh, that so that you're asking for artists, right? Matt to, to submit stuff. Talk about that. that a little yeah. Bit. That's the uh, kind of our secondary exhibit. So we have mm-hmm. three different exhibit spaces. So the, the, mm-hmm. the home hometown heroes exhibit will be Steve's work. And then okay. the, this is a supplementary exhibit where we have a call to artists out and uh, we're asking them to show us their Ditko inspired work. Oh, very because, cool. You know, he, he expired just about everybody that came after him. So, right. you know, we, we want to see some of it. So this celebration starts July 15th. So in about a month is when it will be the open the doors and it'll go until September 11th. So a couple months of this exhibit, um, is it going to, it's, you said it's in one multiple rooms. Talk about about that. What's it going to look like? Uh, we have a pretty big space. The reason that we're called the bottle works art center is that we took over a old bottling company. Uh, so we have basically abandoned warehouse spaces where our, our galleries exist now. So we've got uh, a couple of big spaces to fill with art. And right. That's what we're gonna do. I actually have a picture of the, um, the exterior of your uh, facility. Let me pull this up. Uh, I've got it right here. So there it is right there. There's a picture of it. That is, it used to bottle soda. Is that what I read here? And there's yeah. some of the old sodas yeah. right there. And actually that building you're seeing is just one of the two buildings. That's the, that's the main building right there. Okay. So what's going to be in here for the exhibit? That's going to be the main exhibit. And then okay. the inspired exhibit will be off to the side, kind of where those garage doors are at. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, so Mark, was it, was it a hard pitch to get involved with this or was it an easy pitch? Something that you thought would be cool to do? You know what? I, I've, I've had a long-term relationship with my uncle, I yeah. guess, since, since I was born. <laughs> so, um, right. you know, and then obviously even when I moved out, I, I, I maintained contact with him and, you know, started to, you know, stick my nose in the, in the comic industry, mm-hmm. uh, comic conventions and things. So, you know, for me, I got close enough to him to know that he had ambitions, things that he wanted to do. And, you know, when he passed away, he didn't accomplish some of those things. Uh, He left, you know, a whole lifetime of, of artwork and creativity Mm -hmm. behind him. And you know what? It, it couldn't, it, it it just couldn't fade. I just couldn't let it fade. Right. What can you share what some of his ambitions were? I mean, was it to have an exhibit like this or what was something he didn't think he got accomplished? Well, you know, for him, it was more of a sort of a forward track of creativity and expanding uh, his, uh, you know, I guess, artistic activities. So around 2005, 2006, we started to write back and forth about things that he wanted to do uh, in the industry, kind of beyond just sort of the the comic side. Hmm. So uh, I have a friend here in Los Angeles who runs a post-production studio and Emmy award-winning, Academy award-winning, worked with James Cameron and on and on his post-production. So he had connections um, with a lot of people. And I wrote my uncle about that. And I said, Hey, you know, uncle Steve, you know, I have this connection. Do you want to leverage it? Do you, is there something that you want to do? So we wrote back and forth for a while about things that he wanted to do things that characters that he owned 
that he wanted on the big screen, things, that, mm-hmm. characters that he wanted in uh, animation uh, series, um, things that he said, oh, I think this would be great for girls. Um, I think this has a lot of potential for this and that. So, and then he was, you know, sending me certain specific comics that he thought were good storyboards for yeah. some of these things. And he cool. said, you know, I don't think this character would be good here or there. So we wrote back and forth with those kind of things. And he told me that I guess him and uh, maybe it was, maybe Robin Snyder was involved where they had pitched some things um, to the Hollywood scene, but it never really took hold. Right. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a go-getter, man. I want to, I want to <laughs> make stuff happen. Yeah. So uh, those things. And, and I, I hate it because this is a, you know, I don't have many regrets um, because I'm just like a, a jamming kind of guy, mm-hmm. but I ended up dropping the ball on a lot of this activity because I run my own business. Right. And it, it just, it just, I dropped the ball. Let's just say that. So, you know what? I, to me, it's never too late. I want to pick the balls back up and yeah. get them going. Right. And one of the first steps, uh, getting, getting the game going again is the exhibit. So let me pull up, uh, this we've got, I've got another, uh, picture of the, events that are going on so matt talk a bit about this uh the exhibit starts like we said july 15th and also the uh inspired exhibit uh talk about about this rundown let's go through this a little bit yeah um a lot of great things happening obviously now that that private opening event you'll see says invite only so that's that's going to be the opening where the ditko family and friends and probably some you know industry folk who have reached out are are able to uh you know, enjoy the exhibit and have a little reception without maybe getting mauled by the fans that, that oh. may, may be coming through. Um, but we didn't want to leave the fans out that weekend either. So Lenny Schwartz, the writer of the Ditko play, agreed to allow us to put on a performance uh, the very next day on mm-hmm. July 25th at the Historic State Theater in Johnstown, which is a really cool place built in 1928. Um, it's about to start undergoing renovations but it's basically original uh as of right now from 1928 right so really cool uh space and uh lenny's actually going to come down uh for the play and do a little introduction for us as well so that's going to be awesome the the play i've got the uh you've got it behind you and here's another image of it this is um just like a movie poster for the or uh, or a play yeah and quick shout out there to the uh, to the artist uh you know uh he uh had done that for Lenny at the start of the play originally mm-hmm. and uh, agreed to not only let us use it, but he updated it for us at no charge. I mean, just a great, great yeah. Uh, asset. Yeah. Obviously a huge Ditko fan. So yeah, you can, you can see Spider-Man a little bit back here. Look at that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very hey, I, cool. I just got to inject, uh, inject something here that, yeah. you know, before he kind of goes, continues to the rundown. So Lenny, uh, Lenny reached out to me, um, when he had done this and he was about ready to, uh, do the first show. And he, he said, Hey, you know, um, Lenny, I did this play, Ditko play. Um, would you be interested in, in reading it or attending? I can't remember mm-hmm. how the initial correspondence goes. So I was like, dude, send it to me, man. I want to read it. So yeah. he sent it to me and I'll tell you what, it was really hard. And you know, if Lenny's listening or eventually he'll kind of get around this, he knows, he knows right. what the correspondence was like, but um, uh, man, I just, uh, okay. I'm the, I'm the, uh, I consider myself the Steve Ditko philosophical monitor, you know, okay. like, I gotta like make sure to keep everything sort of aligned with 
you know, my uncle's right. philosophy. So I read this thing and I'm like, oh my freaking God, <laughs> like he can't say that. He can't, oh my God, that's so wrong. You know, <laughs> and he's in, in the whole thing, you know, after, after, and I'm making comments, you know, I'm just like, no, dude, mm-hmm. you can't say that. You got to say this is, and really right. rewriting stuff. And then eventually I kind of got what he was doing and, and the, the story that he was really trying to portray Right. And I kind of throttled off on that. I have my share of comments on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty appreciative of that. And he said he couldn't integrate him into the first show, but he ended up putting him into the subsequent shows when he did mm-hmm. it in New York. But um, yeah, when I first read it, I was like, oh my God, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's a fun thing, you know, from a, from a fun, <clears throat> playful perspective of the, right. of the early times, it's a good show. Yeah. We've got a comment. Bruce has seen the play. And read the script and watched a bit on YouTube. He says it's awesome. Yeah. And Bruce, Bruce is a member of our staff, and he's gonna he's in Johnstown, and he's gonna uh, do like a live stream with his phone and give us a, a live uh, showing of the exhibit, what it looks like for the viewers that cool. can't get, hook a uh, plane ticket up to go to Pennsylvania. Cool. So Bruce, yeah. thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so one of the, you could continue with the with the agenda. Yeah, there. no problem. Uh, I love one of the first. Well, Bruce says hello to all of us. Thank you, Bruce. And I love this comment. We have three levels of hair evolution going on. (laughs) He's not wrong. No, I know. This is, I'm obviously after. (laughs) Holy cow, man. Mark wins. Yeah. It just does this. I let it go. I don't. Yeah. It just does this. No, I do. I I do shave it off. But uh, anyway. People ask me, why do I do this? I said, because I can. Exactly. There you go, yeah. Guys your age are envious of your follicle, sir. <laughs> uh, Matt says, hello, everybody. I hope that this interview is going deep into the Ditko family tree of what Mark knows of his uncle, Steve. Yes. We're going to go talk about the exhibit. And we're going to ask some questions too. And you guys, if you have questions, feel free. I'll pop them up throughout the, the broadcast. Um, let me go back to. Uh, the exhibit where we were going down the rundown, we stopped on the the play. Where was the play in here? <sighs> like the oh. fourth item down there. Yeah, there we go. So public opening July 30th is when yeah, we and open it to the public. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exhibit will obviously be open to the public prop prior to that, but uh, that weekend uh, we are just going to have a big old party. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we're going to have a lot of artists demonstrating. There's going to be sidewalk painting going on. There's going to be mural painting going on. There's going to be live music all weekend, and it's all going to be celebrating Steve Ditko. That's so very cool. And you're also going to play the Doctor Strange movie for Family Fun Night. Yep, it yep. looks very we, cool. We do like a quarterly Family Fun Night where we just allow families to come down for you know free of charge, and they do kids get to do. Uh, crafts. So this time around, it'll be some Spidey and Doctor Strange crafts that we're working on, and oh, nice. I'll get to watch Doctor Strange on our 40, 40 foot uh, inflatable screen on our on our festival lawn. So oh, nice! That'll be fun. You guys aren't having to blow that up by yourselves. You got an air pump, don't you? Because those <laughs> things are huge. It's automatic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, the No Tie Gala, August fourteenth. You've got is that where you did? They just look at the art. Yeah, and that's just the Bottleworks annual fundraising gala, but uh, okay. obviously it's going to be huge with the with the Ditko exhibits on the wall, you know, for the right. gala. So, and you're ha- you're throwing a block party in September, huh? Yeah, Ethnic Fest is kind of a Johnstown tradition, uh, taking different forms over the year, but it always happens right in the heart of Cambria City, which is where we're located, and uh, you know, so we take part in it. 
So again, you know, since uh, we're we geared all this while a Ditko exhibit was happening, we're gonna we're gonna make it all incorporated into that. So and then you wrap it up with a mini convention. It looks yes, like. a Ditko mini con. Yeah, we, and we've got some exciting stuff happening there. We've had some industry leaders reach out. You know, Mark and other fam Ditko family will be in attendance. Um, we've got Carl Potts coming to do a visual storytelling lecture series. It's it's going to be really very nice, really special. Very cool. And also just look up uh, your Facebook page, uh, search for Bottleworks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you guys are been putting out announcements on all three of those. So, and I've been sharing them on the crawl space too. I've uh, seen that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, um, and you'll probably announce some comic celebrities. I imagine the closer we get there, won't you? I don't know if Absolutely. you want to say now, but uh, I imagine a lot of well-known people want to be in, involved with this. Yeah, we've had quite a few reaching out, so we're, yeah. we're putting a pretty cool lineup together. Very cool. All right. So, again, check that out over the next couple months. Um, so let's learn more about uh, your relationship, Mark, with your uncle. Talk about that. Uh, I'm, I'm 46. How Do you mind if I ask your age, Mark? I was born in 59. I could tell 59. you that. Okay. There. <laughs> Whatever so, that means. So you, you were just a little kid when Spider-Man was coming out. I mean, what what was your first, when did you realize my uncle is drawing one of the coolest superheroes of all time? Um, I probably didn't realize that until I was probably an early teen or wow. mid-teen because it wasn't something that uh, we talked about in the family. You know, Michael C. was a guy who flipped burgers on the barbecue when we had cookouts, you know? <laughs> It wasn't something we did, but from an early time, the one thing that I did know that he was a good artist because yeah. um, my older brother, two years older than me, uh, kind of followed the artistic path. Although we all grew up in art, we all mm -hmm. we all drew. All the kids we drew inks, you know, pastels, paint, you know, color, you know, whatever, black and whites. We all grew up uh, in an artistic family. It's in the um, genetic code. Yeah. I mean, my dad's yeah. an artist, you know, he's an architect, but by trade, but you know, he's an artist and it's, uh -huh. we, we all kind of were in that environment. But I remember um, it probably started when I was, I don't know, four or five or whatever. Um, I, I, there were, okay. There were always comics around the house. Okay. Always. I have no idea where they came from. They were just, <laughs> they just appeared. You know, I don't know. And honestly, I don't know if, my dad was getting them from my uncle or, and I probably should talk to him something. Where do those things come from? Mm -hmm. um, but we were reading them, but the first ones that I read were Conga. Uh, that's kind of what I, what I got started on was mm -hmm. Conga. And so then because of that, I've always I kind of fell in love with as a kid gorillas. Mm -hmm. So one time my uh, uncle was there and he was, I think he was showing my older brother something. My older brother would draw something and, my uncle would throw a piece of tracing paper over it and say, here, take a look at this and do that. And then I said, hey, Uncle Steve, can you draw me a gorilla? And then <laughs> he just whipped out his gorilla. Well, of course, he's drawing conga. You yeah. know, but I never put it together. I mean, as a kid, we didn't read who the artist was or who the writer. Mm -hmm. So every time I'd see him, I'd ask him, can you draw me a gorilla? Draw me another <laughs> gorilla. So he was, he, you know, for me, uh, I started out reading his comics, not knowing they were his. Wow. And having him draw stuff for me not not realizing that he was actually drawing what i was reading mm. so that was kind of my my earlier you know my earliest sort of introduction to him as an artist right uh, but i didn't know that he did that for a profession 
when did you put it together? He it co-created Spider-Man. Spider-Man really took off. I mean, with that 67 cartoon after that, he was everywhere. Yeah, I don't I really don't think it was until I was probably 13 or 14, which would yeah. have been mid 70s. No, yeah. uh, somewhere around early 70s. And he'd been off the book for like a decade by that point. Yeah. 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 I I never really because like I said, the family, it wasn't something that he was just our uncle. And it wasn't yeah. something that, you know, when we all got together, we talked about what he was doing. We talked about family stuff. He He's throwing, he's teaching me how to throw an ax, you know, and a knife, you know, and stick it in the tree. And, you know, we were, we were doing like uncle stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't something that it was even chatter in the family. And, and by the seventies, when you realized he created one of the biggest characters of all time, did you ask him about it or did he just not want to talk about it? You know what? I don't remember, actually don't remember talking to him about it as a kid, because yeah. at that point he would uh, he would come in to Johnstown, you know, over the holidays of Christmas and sometimes in the in the summer for we would have you know gatherings. So he'd come in a couple times a year, and mm-hmm. still as a kid, I'm just not I'm not thinking that <laughs> I'm going to ask him about that. I don't. Right. It wasn't really until I started to write to him. Uh, I moved to Phoenix in '84, then I moved to Los Angeles in '91. It wasn't until I started attending comic conventions in 91, early nineties uh, that I started to, when we started to write back and forth together that I started to, uh, you know, ask him more questions and, yeah. and talk to him more about uh, comics. And from whatever I've seen uh, letters that he's written to people, et cetera, he really, like you were talking about, he was always thinking about the next gig, the next thing, the next, he did, oh, he yeah. didn't have a rear view mirror. I don't think from what I've seen, is that no. true? Did he not no. dwindle in the past? You know what? I will. I went through my letters uh-huh. and um, I pulled some little uh, clips out of things that I wrote to him. And okay. one thing, okay, so in December of 91, we're writing back and forth and he wrote me and he said, past achievements can be a trap if one believes he can live on what he did yesterday or last mm. month, new yesterday, et cetera. Past achievements can can become excess baggage. My favorite job or character is the next one I'm going to do. It helps yeah. keeps the interest, motivation, energy into what's possible. So <laughs> that, you know what? He was the embodiment of that. People, you know, I was on a panel with uh, John Semper and Jackie Estrada and mm-hmm. um, Matt Dunford, who does the, um, the comic fest down in San Diego. And um, I was on a panel and, and John was like, how can you walk away from that? And not keep thinking about it, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's just that was in his DNA, you know. That's yeah. just the way he was wired. It's mm-hmm. like he didn't care. He was on what am I going to create now? Right. And I like what you said in that letter. It can be a hindrance. Is that what you said? Or it can be. Yeah. It, it could trap you, and you'd be caught up in the yeah. past, like a a, a dr- yeah. like you're drowning, I guess. And yeah. Spider-Man is a big wave. <laughs> I mean, that could take yep. you under. Hey, you know, so, think about those. Um, yeah those actors who get stereotyped and yeah. they're one role and you see them and it's like, they can't get anything else. And they're stuck in that. He really admired, um, uh, I was like Captain Kirk, you know, Shatner. William Shatner, because yeah. he was so, uh, out there always doing something else, doing something else, doing mm-hmm. more, doing more. He was, he never had any, uh, limitations almost. He was always just out there for everything. So, you yeah. know, he didn't want Michael, I mean, he, he didn't have that in him to, you know, pigeonhole himself. 
Do you think the the Marvel job, the Spider-Man, the Doctor Strange, was just a job for him? Do you think it it oh, it, okay. it was just a gig? <laughs> you know what? Th- this there was a there was somebody's post on Facebook that was kind uh-huh. of like that. And you know, is it just a gig? You know what? Okay. Um, yes, but is this just an interview? Was your last one just an interview? No, yeah. you put your heart and soul into everything that you do, and right. he did. You know, yeah. did he just? was okay dr strange though to me that was a little different animal because that was his you know Mm -hmm. he's the one created that and pitched that so uh they're all but i'll say all his characters when he worked on them he meant it he was doing he was a pro right and and like some jobs like i've had you've liked some more than others i imagine he liked spider-man dr strange more than other jobs that he's had uh, there so, probably, I would say yes. Uh, and I don't, and I can't really speak right. to that part. That starts to get kind of deep, but yeah. I know he liked working for Charlton, Charlton yeah. comics. He had a lot of freedom. He liked that freedom and flexibility. He right. did say that, you know, there were some editors and some people he didn't like working for because he was too throttled. So he did like his, um, his freedom. And you shared with me a couple pictures. Let's look at those real quick. There you are. Tell me where yeah. was this taken? Uh, that was, I think that was uh, at, I think I was at my daughter's, maybe my daughter's uh, baptism in Johnstown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it might've been, it might've been my daughter's baptism in Johnstown. Cir- circa what year for that one, you think? Um, or, or decade. <laughs> probably 92. That would have been probably 92. Because she was born in 92. Stephanie, namesake, Steve, Stephanie. So um, I think oh. that was probably in uh, 92. That's awesome. Uh, we've got uh, this one. Tell me about awesome. this picture. <laughs> I mean, that's us, you know, with one of our Christmases and when he'd come home and we were just, we, we all got football shirts, you know, <laughs> and we all had these, we were this team. And I, there's a whole series of these shots where mm-hmm. we're doing all kinds of poses and kind of things, but yeah, that he was, you know, he was just one of us. Which one he are you? Just, I think this is you. That's me. Yeah, okay, that's right. I, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So these yeah. these are all the nephews and nieces around no, here. No, that's you know right next to me is my sister Helena. Okay. You know, and then with the trophy is my uh, my little brother Pat Patrick. Okay. Then right next to her is that's my sister Joanna, my younger sister okay. Joanna, and next to her is my older brother Steve. Oh, very cool. That's all my brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you shared this one. Who are these um, two? Yeah, well, that's me. Uh, me on the the lower, shorter side, smaller one. Right here, and, and that's right my here. other. Yeah, and then my uh, brother Steve. So that was at his his place. That's where um, his mom. That's where he grew up in that house. Oh wow! And we were just playing around, and that was right around um, probably 60, 60, 63, 64. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and and. The date it, that's right when Spider-Man was coming out in the very yeah. beginning. That's so cool. Yep. Um, what kind of man was he? Because I I, I want to hear it from you and the family. What kind of man was he? I've heard everything from him. He was the Howard Hughes of comics. He wouldn't do interviews. He wouldn't talk to people. He was very uh, introverted, wouldn't talk. What, what kind of man was he? He was, I don't want to say he was a regular guy. Yeah. Because, but that's what, that's what I saw. You know, anybody, and I'll tell you what, I think a lot of that chatter that you hear mm-hmm. about how he was, it comes from people who didn't know him. Yeah. Because you, you talk to, you talk to Mort Todd, you talk to, 
you know, Craig Yo, you talk to any of the people who really knew him and hang, they would never say that. They just, they know that that's not who he was. You know, you talk to Paul Levitz, those guys, they're not, they're, they're going to say he was just, he was just an average, I'm going to say an average guy who had a lot of talent Mm -hmm. and he focused on his craft. He didn't, he, from what I have seen, he didn't like to talk about him, the man, he wanted his work to talk for him. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, yes, okay. but you got to understand something. And this mm-hmm. is where I feel like I have a, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm delusional and kind of making this shit up, but, um, <laughs> that, but because I know I'm, I'm, I'm a Ditko and yeah. I see the family, I see my dad, you know, I see the aunts and uncles. I see, I see him through the, the lens of the family Right. Although I, I got to say that he hated that label, you know, that I'd say, oh, I'm a Ditko. And he'd go, what does that mean? That don't mean <laughs> nothing. But it's true that they, there's a certain upbringing. There's a certain um, ethic, you know, that you have when your parents, first generation immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, Johnstown. There's a there's a book that um, uh Zach Cruz in his book, uh, Mysterious Traveler, uh, Steve Ditko book, he mentions a book there uh, about the immigrant attitudes of Johnstown, the early attitudes. And it's called With Bread for Bread and with Butter or something like that. But it's Mm -hmm. about immigrant attitudes in Johnstown. And one of the things is they didn't put a high uh, emphasis on education. That was like number two. Number one was work ethic. Okay. And, and work. So the thing is, is, is my uncle had a, had a very high and it, it goes kind of with the family, a work ethic. And that's what he did is he, he just had, you know, such a, a, a love uh, of what he did. He, he wasn't in a job they didn't like. So he, he just had a passion for that. And mm-hmm. like I said, if you talk to people who knew him, that's what they would say that they saw. Right, you know, right. you, you, we went out there to clean out his studio and his apartment and we happened to go to the bank that he was at mm-hmm. and the teller, you know, some of the people were coming in and, and then the teller started to come in and say, Hey, I just want to say, we loved, you know, Steve Ditko and we had such a great day. He was such a great guy. He was always so lucid. We would yeah. have him sign things. We would never have to explain things to him. So they were talking to him as, you know, sort of the, the human part of it. And that's yeah. when you get to know him, that's who he was. And you're talking about cleaning out his apartment over your shoulder is I've seen those on pictures. This was outside his door that said S Ditko, oh, that little metal. Studio. Sign. So studio. You've got it now. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I, you were talking about him going to the bank and going around town. I've always wondered, and I don't know if he ever talked about this. You can't leave the house without seeing Spider-Man somewhere. Um, did I wonder, Oh, I have always wondered, did that make him happy or sad? I don't know. Um, I, I could only, I could just from us writing back and forth. Um, I think it was something that he had, uh, I guess the best way I could describe it is a neutral attitude. Like, Hey, look, there's Spider-Man because when we were right back and forth, mm-hmm. um, I would ask some questions about Spider-Man and Dr. Strange and, you know, other characters, Mr. A and the question. And I would mm-hmm. ask him, so he never resisted it. 
he would yeah. just answer the question. So right. it wasn't like he had some big, you know, repulsor beam just pushing all that stuff away. I think for him, it was just easy to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, you know, I did that. Um, and now I'm doing this. Right. I, I want, I've, I wondered if he was flipping the channels one time and a Spider-Man movie came on and he watched it. I did. He ever talk about that? Did he see a Spider-Man movie? I think he's, I think he did see the first one. I thought I, I, I don't know. I never really asked him that yeah. um, to my knowledge, but I think I saw somewhere that someone else had written to him that had he seen that. And I thought he said that he did, but some of the later ones, uh, yeah. he said, no, I don't really have an interest in that. Yeah. Um, just because he knows that they were so altered and, you know, and whatever, the only thing that ever really kind of got more uh, airtime was the fact that he really didn't like his, you know, tributes, you know, in the movies weren't mm -hmm. really becoming, you know, he's the slum landlord, you know, mm -hmm. Mr. Ditkovich. I was oh, like, yeah. seriously, you know, it's like, <laughs> so that some of that stuff and you know what, it would tip me off probably. It was like, yeah, come on. I, I freaking helped create this thing and look at you're making me a slum landlord. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. So some of that yeah. stuff to me was justified. Yeah, I agree. Um, he was, I think I would just say is as a whole, he was kind of neutral. He was neutral. always a forward, forward thinking and forward yeah. looking individual. I, I, I just hoped he wasn't ticked off every time he saw Spider-Man and no. man, I, I, I helped create it, but look what they did. Or stuff like that. I, I just always have wondered no. that. No, but what's funny too is you know where his uh, where his apartment is, and then mm -hmm. you just come out of his apartment and you just go down like a couple buildings and you cross the street mm -hmm. and then you go right next to his office building because it's just a couple doors down where his studio was. There right. was a gift shop right in the corner. <laughs> it's just all the whole windows are just full of all the you know Spidey and Marvel stuff like that. So we walked past it every single day. Um, I, I'm his work has not been out of print. I mean, did Mar Marvel? Did they send him comps, or did they? Do you know if they? Uh, I think so because then he would send them to me. Oh, because so some of the stuff like, like that purple so Doctor cool. Strange book, you know. And yeah. So when when we got to writing back and forth, sometimes he would he would then just send them to me. I don't I don't think he was buying them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, hopefully he was compensated for this. I mean, I would hope so, but you always hear the horror stories of, of, uh, well, the bankers would know <laughs> that he went and visited all the time. I think, but, I think the one thing that you could say, he was never compensated for what he actually did. Agreed. Or contributed to. Agreed. Agreed. And I've got some more pictures of him. Uh, I think, uh, they went through the bullpen and just cause Steve is in, I've only seen before recently, I've only seen a couple pictures of him. And I think this shot and that shot, he's wearing the same shirt. So I think it's all in the yep. same day. But, I think those were shot by uh, Eric Stanton. Okay. When he was with in the studio with Stanton. Right. And what's weird is I've seen on eBay, someone goes to the Johnstown um, uh, school and they're selling his yearbook. So this is like his yearbook picture. And someone yeah. says he looks very much like Peter Parker. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> what well, do you guys think? Uh, okay, I mean, I'll I'll throw in my two cents. So, yeah. um, there was a uh, there were a couple books. One of them, uh, Craig Yo put out, and then it ended. Mm -hmm. the, the other book, uh, Ditko Ditko Unleashed, that yeah. was uh, the book that had um, was sort of the I don't forget what they call it. The book that that was uh, by 
put together after the exhibit uh, that they did in Spain um, okay. in 2016 or so. So in there, there's a bunch of pictures, a handful of pictures that they say are him. And I thought, okay, those don't look like him. And I talked to my dad and my mom and they were like, they're not him. So what I did was I went through the 45 yearbook and okay. I picked out, it was, I was trying to find out who these people really were. Um, and the, the, all of those pictures came from the 44 <laughs> yearbook, which okay. there was no pictures of him in there. Um, <laughs> but the 45 yearbook, I went through every person there and there are about 10 people that look just like Spider-Man or like <laughs> Peter Parker. They all look the same. I have, I have, I, I, mean, I've, I have it. It's just like, I have all these, like this lineup. Oh, it's like, funny. who are these people? And they all what? look the same. It's the slick back hair. The they glasses. all do with yeah. glasses. All, I all like, those dudes look like, like 10 people and went to school then that looked like that. <laughs> That's why Spidey's so relatable. We were all Spider-Man at some yeah. point. Yeah. We were all Peter Parker. Well, except the hair, but yeah. <laughs> Back, I mean, no, every man. All, Obviously, he took inspiration from the things that he had in the past, the things right. that he was st- studying, things that were, that were, you know, modern, you know, activity, the water towers that were in, you know, New York City and stuff. So he took inspiration from everywhere. Was it intentional? Nah, I don't know. I couldn't right. say that. Uh, Matt, I hate to keep you out of the conversation. Talk about okay. your first love of, of Steve Ditko. When did you first discover him and, and fall in love with the art? Oh, man. I, and I, I think I told you earlier. Uh, yeah. A picture just resurfaced of uh, of me at my third birthday party in 1979, and I was wearing a Spider-Man T-shirt. I mean, that's yeah, man. it started that young. Um, but agree. as far as my actual knowledge of you know Ditko as a creator, I really got heavily into comics at probably age 10, um, and Spider-Man was one of those characters that I instantly fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And then you know once he, I got so entrenched and started collecting, I started you know learning about the history and and learned about uh, Steve Ditko obviously, and then started following his career. Um, the interesting part for me and part of why we're doing this exhibit or why I wanted to do it anyway is that I had no clue that he was from my hometown until I was in my thirties. It's like wow. it's not it's not talked about, and that drives me insane. So like we want to get the word out. We want everybody to know yeah. that he's from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, and Spider-Man is so big. I mean, that would Absolutely. and the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Johnstown should hopefully they're behind you with this stuff. I'm working on them. Yeah, I'm working. Yeah. On them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, the, yeah, the excitement is starting to bubble in Johnstown because just just the stuff that we've announced, people are getting more and more aware, which is cool. Right. And you know, I think about what it can do for for young artists in our area to know that hey, this guy, this guy that created Spider-Man, yeah, and, you know, came from our area, so. My first exposure, and and Matt, we were talking about this. We're both about the same age. My first exposure to Steve Ditko was Marvel Tales, where they reprinted the 60s stuff in the 80s. And I remember Marvel Tales 137, the issue number specifically. It, it I, I was young, and I didn't know that these were reprints. So I was buying them for 60 cents off the spinner rack. And I'm like, well, why is he just now getting bit by a spider? I've been reading before. <laughs> How is this an old adaption? What's going on? But then I finally put together that they're reprints. And I just fell in love with the new stuff and the original stuff, both of it coming out at the same time. It was the 80s was a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. Absolutely. So yeah. Um well, hey, Brad, Brad, what yeah. did you think about the artwork? Because that's something that to me, I get a lot of feedback mm-hmm. about the artwork of the earlier ones versus the newer ones. You were reading or seeing the newer ones before the older ones. 
Yeah. You know, because uh, Matt Dunford thing that kind of sticks in my head is he grew up in a later generation. He said when he saw the earlier ones, he was like, what the heck? Like, yeah. what kind of artwork is that? I mean, what no, was your I, I loved it. Um, I, I knew it was a different take and art is subjective. And I loved both styles. The, the, uh, your uncle's style, just, I fell in love with it. It was he, and I, from what I've read, uh, Stan Lee and Steve didn't want a hero that looked like Superman. They didn't want a big bulky guy. They wanted a teenager. Most of those teenagers are sidekicks and we didn't want a sidekick. So he needed to look a little scrawny. He needed those glasses. And I, your, your uncle did it perfectly. I mean, if we wouldn't, if he didn't do it perfectly, we wouldn't be talking right now. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got I a couple personally more. too think that Steve was the, he was a master storyteller. Yes. He wasn't, he wasn't one of those pinup artist guys, you know, mm-hmm. and at certain points in Spider-Man's career, that's what you've had on the books is guys that draw these big splashy images. And it's not that Steve couldn't do that, but man, when you look at those original issues, the story's told without the words, you know, yes. like, the story's there. Yeah, no doubt. It's always impressed me. Now, talking about that point, um, Stan and Steve wanted to create a hero that was uh, not so muscular, but the first issue uh, was rejected and Kirby drew it, which is the one we we know so much. We've seen this image so many times, but I think your uncle inked it, right? Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. So this was the original issue one that your uncle drew. Yep. And Steve turned it down, which I don't understand. I love this image too. It, granted it wasn't 7.99 back in 1962, but uh, <laughs> um this I just love this image. I don't know why it was turned down. Both images are great. But uh, uh in you know in the book in Ditko Shrugged there, the author yeah. said that uh that the story is is that the reason that the cover was turned down is because we're looking down at the hero. And Stan Lee didn't like that. He didn't like that we were looking down at the hero. Huh. Yeah, Stan, Stan had his own image of what a hero or what a, especially a cover really probably needed to be like. And it just didn't fit that mold. Mm. Yeah, we are looking up at the hero there, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he just changed the perspective. If that would have, Stan would have liked, mm. we'll, we'll never know. We'll never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I've got a few, we can go through some more pictures. And this is the first issue. Just absolutely beautiful. Uh, do you guys have favorite covers or images through the years? Uh, yeah, it's really, for me, it's the first one that I really remember that I actually still have. It's yeah. uh, the one with Doc Ock on oh, it. Oh, number three. I think it's, uh, maybe it's 17. Actually, I don't, I think it's 17. Maybe I can't remember. Um but that's that's my favorite because that's the one I still have it. And I have Stan and my uncle both signed it, you know. Right. So that's something that uh, that's that's one of my favorite covers. That one. This one is one. this one has yeah. three of my favorite things going on with us. Hulk uh, is my second favorite hero. <laughs> uh, so Hulk's in this image, in this issue, and the first appearance of the Green Goblin. I mean, mm. come on. I mean, this yeah. is such a classic yeah. issue. Yeah. Um, I've got some more, and and this panel as a kid. Yeah. Oh, forget about it, man. Yeah. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Oh, just love it. Look, just absolutely beautiful. And we've got some more here. And and this is from Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed, a couple things on this panel, the spider's blue on the back, which was different. He changed that up a little bit, or maybe the colorist did. I don't know. 
Um, the thwip is gone and there's a wizard. <laughs> yeah. And he put eyeballs on him. Oh, that was his to, to really emphasize that he was like, oh my gosh, am Focusing. I seeing this? Yeah. 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 I think, I think currently, and even in the movies, they, they take, they, they make his eyelids close now, yeah. but yeah. I, I can see that. And I noticed on this, this last shot of the first issue, because when Stan and Steve did this, they probably didn't know that they were going to write a second Spider-Man story. And on your, on your uncle's last issue, Spider-Man is walking away. Also he's, his back is turned. Mm -hmm. He's walking up the steps. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the perfect bookend, I think yeah. of yeah, his right. run. So it, I just found that so interesting. Yeah. And refresh me. Aren't, aren't those amazing fantasy 15s in the uh, Smithsonian? Those yes. pages. Yeah. And yep. we, and by an anonymous donor, some anonymous donor, and people think it's your uncle. Do you think your uncle donated them? Okay. I'm <laughs> going to let this out. He gave them to me and I donated them. Oh, you're, you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> there. For oh. You heard it. We have an exclusive. You're the guy, huh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, not. <laughs> Did you say not? I thought it was you. <laughs> Man, I, I, I put a, you got me good on the fish hook. <laughs> uh, oh, Bruce, uh, Library of Congress are where yeah, the library pages Congress. are. Yeah, so, not the Smithsonian. Yeah. So comic book what, uh, gossip pages, he is not the anonymous donor. No. Let's, let's reiterate this. Because they're going to run with it. it in, oh, yeah. they're going to cut this clip if you aren't careful, Mark. <laughs> It'll be everywhere. Oh, man. Uh, oh, Bruce says that the color is messed up on the color of the spider on the back. Uh, and he also says Steve inked that cover heavily, changing the Kirby Spidey Kirby as he was never got Spidey right. I, I love Kirby too, but I agree. Him drawing Spider-Man, I don't think worked. Do you, what's your opinion on that, Mark? Do you, uh, on Kirby Spider-Man? No comment. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't really, you know, it, I, I, okay. Uh, when you, I think in your uh, one of your emails to me or something, you said, uh -huh. "Hey, we're going to talk about you know Spider-Man and the early issues." Look, you got to understand, I, he was my yeah. uncle. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really follow Spider-Man. I'm not. I I, I couldn't even tell you what issues that is my favorite issue, you know, right. because I don't even know what number it was. So I'm not. Yeah. I, I I'm not a comic aficionado or a historian, you yeah. know. So, right. I mean, I only know what I know and what we talked about, you know, he and I talked about. Right. Now, now, JL, I told you, don't write the bleeding cool and tell him that Mark is the anonymous donor. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, he's not. He's, it was a joke. <laughs> Watch, JL's going to admit that he's the anonymous donor. <laughs> okay, good. Cover for me. Uh, one thing your uncle did that I love and they still do to this day is the multiple images of Spider-Man bouncing oh. around to show speed. I love that. And, and the artists still do it. I mean, just look at that yeah. art. So Amazing. beautiful. So yeah. beautiful. Uh, let's see what else we get. There you go. There's your, there's your Doc Ock issue that there you love. You. Yeah. Just <laughs> batting him around. And is this the one at what, I forget what issue it is, but Stan wrote, uh, what was it? Uh, Peter Palmer instead no. of Peter Parker. I, I don't have yeah. that panel up, but one of these yeah, he did. One of those. 
and your uncle trying to explain how the, the yeah. lenses work, trying to put some science into it. I love, I just looked at these over so many times in Marvel tales about the behind the stuff scene stuff. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the scientist behind him and the mechanic, you know, he, mm. he was very, you know, I mean, he had a chemistry set and he was loved, you know, mechanical things, you know, he could figure things out building those, wood airplanes he did you know as a you know high schooler um so he 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 really put his thought into this stuff yeah no doubt oh peter here you go oliver peter parker was called peter palmer in amazing spider-man number one there oh. you go thank you oliver i couldn't think of the issue that happened yeah he he wanted to show how this stuff worked in real life to make yeah. this kid relatable and and the everyman so I always thought that was so cool. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? We got some original art. Love this panel. Look at the little web. Yeah. The end for now. Just absolutely beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and the one of the most famous uh, scenes. Classic. The lifting of the heavy stuff. The, yep. And I, on on the show, we call this, and I I think your uncle invented it, the floating heads of guilt. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the floating heads of guilt. We got Aunt May floating here. We got Ben. So many times those floating heads of guilt are always good. around. Good. And I don't know where I read it over the years, but uh, your uncle started with small little panels, got bigger with the more strength he got yep. until we got here. And then yeah. he did a full page. And when your uncle did a full page, man, he meant it. It, it, yeah. it was a storytelling reason. Talk about that. So many artists currently use a full page for nothing happens. This is this. He saved it. Oh, he was a master of panel layout. Yeah. <clears throat> he saved it he used it when it needed it. And that yeah. one of the most iconic scenes in Spider-Man history right here. So yeah. Did, yeah. did he ever talk about this panel at all? I mean, this sequence, you know what? Okay. I, I wish I, knew what I knew now, yeah. you know, 15, 20 years ago when we were writing, because um, he and I, and in fact, what, what started it is I remember being a late teenager. Mm -hmm. I was probably, maybe it was my first second year in college and sitting in my kitchen table. And this really set the path of our relationship. And I was, I was complaining. I mean, long hair braids. I'm just, I'm a hippie, you know, um, and I, I was complaining about, he's sitting there he and I are talking and I'm complaining about some war or some worldwide travesty that was going on. I'm just, you know, being your classical, you know, hippie complainer. And he says, he looks at me just super calm. He's, we're just chatting. And he says, so what are you doing about that? Mm. I was like, yeah. nothing. It's like, what do you need a bitch? Isn't it? It's hard yeah. to make a change. Like nothing. And he said, yeah. he said, then you actually have no right to complain about it mm. because if you're not doing something about something, then you have no right to, you know, have some, you know, just complaining attitude about it. So right. that, that kind of those little things is what sort of stuck with me. And, uh, and from that point forward, he became more of a sort of a, a guru to me, like yeah. not what, and it was, it was, so had nothing to do with comics. If he didn't do anything in comics, I still would have had this relationship with him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, because so he ended up being a bit of a uh, somebody who I really looked up to is his ethic level, his integrity level. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of our conversations were more philosophical, you know, mm-hmm. but of course I'm always throwing in. And when I get got back into comics, you know, going to conventions, I, you know, would say, yeah, I was just talking to Jack Kirby and he says, Hey, you know, pass on, you know, do you ever get a girlfriend or something? Mm-hmm. So I, I started to get more involved in what he was doing, but I kind of wish I could, you know, had I known what I know now, I probably would have asked them specific questions because I know it was a burning question. They never got answered. And he probably would have opened up to you more than the, a stranger reporter. Cause you cause he often turned interviews down. I mean, did he have, did he ever talk about why he did that? He I mean, just didn't care. He didn't he care. Just, it wasn't, it wasn't important to him because what was important to him is what he was doing. Yeah. And, and he felt like, you know, it's almost like he would say to you, you know, do you really care what, you know, Bob, somebody thinks about your show? Is that going to alter your show? Is that going to alter your next show? It's like, well, if you, if you stand on your own two feet, then do what you're doing and it shouldn't matter what someone else thinks. So he, he definitely had that kind of attitude. We've got a couple of comments about this classic image. Uh, Bruce says, uh, this is the best sequence in any comic ever. I it's up there, man. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabriel says the floating heads of guilt and the giant <laughs> Spider-Man on the background of the city, two classics. Yes, I agree. Two classic. Uh, Bruce also says Steve also had an all or nothing policy. If he gave one person an interview and an autograph, he would feel compelled to do it for all. Yeah, I, I've seen that. We were talking a bit about, um, you wrote letters to him. Talk about that. What year did that start? Like when you moved out, probably. Uh, no, because when I moved out, uh, moved out of Johnstown, of course, I would see him until I moved out in around 84. Okay. So I moved to Phoenix in 84. And then when I did that, um, my then girlfriend ended up moving out six months later. So at that point, you know, within the next year, we were married. Within the next year, we had our first kid, you know, we had Alina. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting a new job, you know, I'm getting, um, we're looking for a place to live. I mean, I was so immersed in my own life that I didn't really connect up or reconnect up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles in 91 okay. that, uh, that I really started to write back and forth. And I think probably what the catalyst was is I had moved here and I was shopping and I noticed, um, I was doing some grocery shopping with my wife. I noticed across the street, somebody, there was a yard sale and they had a, some comic boxes there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to, I want to go just check out some comics. It was just sort of like, Hey, I should see what's there. And I started talking to the guy and he found out who I was. And he was like, you're Steve Ditko's nephew. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's like, I got to show you something. So he takes uh-huh. me down in his basement and I guess he had a comic store and he had two giant trunks full of comics. Hmm. And he said, I'll sell you these for 200 bucks just because <laughs> wow. of who you are. And I was like, wow. yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so I ended up and that. So that actually started me buying comics and going to comic conventions. And that's when we, then when, as we were writing back and forth, I probably started hmm. to write more about comics. And right. so that was probably, I didn't, so I didn't really connect back up with him until about 91. And then we wrote from then on. Right. Was it like once a month, once every other week or how often were you guys talking back and forth? It would, it would vary. Uh, sometimes it would be every couple months when we were talking about the, um, the, 
the movies and stuff in the mid to 2006, 2000, we were probably writing, you know, every week back and forth right. for a period. Uh, he also wrote to his fans. There's a whole Steve Ditko Facebook group called Steve Ditko letters. And I love reading. Oh, there. Thank you, Bruce, for sharing our broadcast right here. <laughs> um, we've got uh, like one person says right here in our comment section, he always signed his letters. So you got his autograph that way. That's <laughs> what yeah. they said. But he wrote like, this is from 2013. This is from 2019. Uh, he liked to write a letter, didn't he? I mean, uh, that, oh, yeah. that's a lost art anymore. Yep. Yeah. And he loved to, he loved to just write it. You know, it'll be on a, used to be on like a tracing paper and pencil. And then he kind of moved to just regular paper. But right. yeah, he just, it, that was, you know, that's the way he stayed in touch. That's kind mm -hmm. of an old school thing. You wrote letters, you know, he was in the military, he wrote letters. He's, uh -huh. you know, the old school, there were no emails, all that stuff. So it was writing letters and he yep. held on to that tradition and he loved doing that. He was able to digest the thought, you know, and then respond uh -huh. appropriately. Wow. It, it's, did he ever talk about how much mail he got? Cause oh. I can just imagine once his, his, cause I think his, cause I, I regret not writing him a letter. And I got close to it. I just never had it happen. And I imagine once on the, once the internet came about and his address wasn't private, people could uh, write him a letter. And obviously they did. Yep. So uh, do you know how much mail he got or was well, it, was he always doing stuff? Well, we, uh, when we went to his studio because he got most of his mail um, direct uh, to his studio uh, we went to his studio. He he hadn't. Like, he passed away in um, the end of June, so he hadn't been to his studio because he he ended up going to the hospital in in like around mid May. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think he was in the studio in through the month of end of May and June, and then he passed away. And then we went out there. I think it was maybe the end of uh, near the end of August. But when we got there, <clears throat> we couldn't open, we oh. couldn't just open the door oh, because man. the mail slot was, you know, about, you know, 24 inches or so, 18 uh -huh. inches, you know, from the door. And it was so packed with mail that we couldn't, I mean, just shove, shove and get, man. so in fact, I, I have those letters I've been meaning to write. I have, you want to write back with them and send them something, you know, but, um, there were hundreds of letters wow. just in that span of a couple months. I, yeah. I kind of think that he probably wrote, you know, 500 to a thousand letters a year. I'll yeah. bet. Wouldn't surprise me. I, did he know he was loved by so many of us? I mean, did he know it? Okay. Knowing and really acknowledging that, you know, yeah. it's, it's almost like, they, you know, someone giving you this compliment mm -hmm. that is so over the top mm -hmm. that you go, okay, okay. You're blowing smoke. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's, and it's not that it's not true. It's mm -hmm. just like, Brad, I got to tell you, you are the most amazing, like, interviewer. <laughs> I, your show is like, you know, the top of all shows. And you just go... Thanks. Um, I appreciate Actually, you, you know, we can cut that piece and I'll send it to Bleeding Cool and I'm endorsed by the Ditko family. There you go. 
but so you, you know it was yeah. really just uh you know you take you have your own reality check it's just like right. okay you know i appreciate it you know yeah um but if you get that many letters and you got to push the door through he had to know he was loved i know but yeah. i mean yeah you can't deny that much fan you know, he wasn't stupid yeah exactly you know? yeah. yeah um Bruce says, ask Matt about the Ditko letters part of the exhibit. So we're going to have letters at the exhibit. Yeah. Our goal is I've, I've reached out a couple of times and I've had some folks send me copies of their letters there, you know, Steve's replies to their letters. Uh, so we're going to try to kind of plaster a wall and make a big collage, of all these letters that people can just come up, kind of come up and read his responses. That's Cause so that cool. was a big part of who he was to fans yep. because mm-hmm. he didn't do the conventions and such. So yeah, right. we want to share that for sure. Did he ever talk about why he, he, he did some conventions, I think in the early sixties, did he ever talk about why he didn't again, just looking forward, Mark, is that why he never did conventions? Well, you know, that, that one, um, if you read that book, um, what is it? The, that Bernie Bubnas put out. Um, I kind of have a, a, made a note of that. It's, uh, the 1964 New York comic con, the true story behind the world's first comic convention by Bernie Bubnas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the one that he was, my uncle was kind of pivotal, uh, in helping put together or making sure that it actually happened. He was the, the celeb, you know, mm-hmm. at that one, but it, you know, it was just a turnoff for him because I'll tell you, and this is where I think the fam, my understanding of the family, I think if, if it would have been my dad, my dad would have went, I'm done with this, man. I, yeah. I this is not for me. <laughs> uh, I, I like, I want to just do my job. I lo- I love what I love. And this mm-hmm. is just too much. It's just right. too much. You know, right. we're not, I would say the Ditko's, although the, the next generation, my generation, we're a little bit different, is the the young, the my my dad, my aunt, my uncle, Uncle mm-hmm. Steve, my grandparents, they weren't they weren't celebrity type types. Right. You know, they were just hard workers. Right. I don't mind I don't mind the, you know, putting something out there and being a spokesman for, you know, my uncle, because I think he deserved it. But mm-hmm. um, his basic nature, my family basic nature is to not necessarily do that. Yeah. Um, talk a bit about he, he often talked about he didn't like to look in the past. And I, I don't envy you in the fact that I would want to honor my uncle, too. I mean, what would Uncle Steve think of the celebration, like the exhibit coming up, the the honoring him after he's passed? What? He would probably not like it, do you think? Or what? what's your thoughts on that? Oh, he'd hate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no doubt. You yeah. know, but you know what? It's funny you ask me that because I thought about asking you that. Mm-hmm. If he was your uncle, knowing yes. how you what you know of him, would mm-hmm. you do it? Yes, I, I would because oh it would it's a hard one. It's a right. really hard, it's a really hard one. Right. It's a it's a yin and a yang. Do I honor an amazing man or do I go by his wishes? And, and I don't, I, like I I said, Mark, I don't know him and I don't think he would want to be forgotten. And okay. He, I don't think he would care. Really? I don't think he'd care. (laughs) He would. Well, I, 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 he was so forgotten all the time. People get forgotten all the time. That's true. So to him, it was just like, I don't think it was a problem, but you know what? So let me read you this other thing he wrote Mm -hmm. that I, <clears throat> that I have, that I do think about. Mm-hmm. And, um, he talks about, cause he always talks about pri- his own privacy, you know? Right. So there was this one time he wrote me <clears throat> and he said, uh, because that's a touchy one. And, you know, on the forums, you know, the yeah. Facebook is up. I get, I'll say 
I could get thrashed pretty good about doing something like this right. um, when other the other people's opinion they would not agree because they f- would say if he didn't want to you shouldn't be doing it yeah but um, you're the family i mean you you can honor your family how you want you're it's your family so <laughs> i mean and yeah. hell hell with the internet trolls you know <laughs> <laughs> hell with them you're the family and you decide so you do what you want i think it's awesome let me find this one quote i do want to kind of just read this one thing where he talks okay. about um Oh, he says, every person should value his privacy, and it is important to know, understand what is meant by privacy. Claims about most things regarding me have come not from me, but from others who believe they are qualified to speak for me or about me. Mm -hmm. Their speaking about me is supposed to prove that they know what they are talking about. Well, from the family perspective, what we looked at was we're only saying what we know. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not, there's no speculation involved. In fact, usually if I'm speculating, you know, you say, Oh, do you think he really something, something I was like, I don't know. I don't you know. know. My best so, guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what, so I could, I could speculate based on mm-hmm. what I know of the family and him and what he wrote and kind of put things together. Mm-hmm. But most of what we're doing is just like this bottle work show. It's going to show memorabilia and stuff that he did. You know, we're not saying something that's, you know, we're, we're not doing this for the money for one, mm-hmm. you know, and it, we're just trying to get people to understand who he actually was. Right. I, I was talking to Kevin Feige after the, the last Spider-Man premiere, I got mm-hmm. invited to that and I was talking to him and um, he says, he asked me what I thought about the tribute at the end of the movie. And I was like, eh, oh. you know, oh, I you mean, mean the lifting of the stuff. No, no. The, the tribute at the end, he's put, like Steve Ditko and Stan Lee put their signatures and he oh. kind of had a little tribute okay. to them. I, and I was like, eh, you know, oh, okay. And he said, well, <laughs> I didn't have any material. And I was like, well, okay, if you need material, let me know. But we're, we're trying to get more material out there. And he yeah. said, he really, he said, he really thinks you, sh- he, he said, you should be doing that because if you don't 10 years from now, the only thing that will be left is a caricature of who he was. Yes. Yes. I agree. And you know what that caricature will be. It will be the Howard Hughes, the introvert right. that never talked to anybody, just right. stayed in the studio. Yep. And I'm I'm glad the family, I, you guys are letting us know what he was like as a guy, as a dude. Well, um, just the, the very first meeting that yeah. I had with your dad, Mark, that was the one thing he said to me. And I, honestly, I think our conversation, you know, that we had is why this has moved forward the way it has. But he said to me, he said, I'm glad you're not looking to add to the speculation. He said, we'd like the people to know who he was, not who they thought he was. You know, exactly. That was important. Yep. Yeah. And Jeff in comment says, better that the family does this than others who simply want to capitalize on his contributions. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And he also says he's glad that his hometown is celebrating him. So there you go. Uh, uh, the Ditko family's hard work with the Johnstown author for a book. Yeah, we were going to talk about that, Bruce. That's a perfect segue. You guys are wanting to put a book together as a family, Mark. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, this is something that, you know, when my uncle passed away, I flew out to Johnstown, you know, to help uh, my younger brother, Pat, who was there, Patrick, and my dad kind of sort out, you know, what was going on. We were going to go out to New York and get get his stuff. But probably within a a day or so, we were outside, you know, just kind of chit-chatting. And my dad said, you know, he just kind of just spit it out. He said, we should do a book called Steve Ditko, The Man. 
and mm-hmm. who he was as a brother, as a son, as an uncle, you know, just not, not industry stuff, but just who he was as a person. And so that's, that's kind of where this has gone, you yeah. know, where we have, uh, you know, uh, somebody, you know, uh, Bob Jasonic from Johnstown. Um, he's, you know, been interviewing everybody. He's, um, sort of formulated the book. The The draft is done. We, you know, wow. uh, I just read it a couple weekends ago and gave him, you know, uh, in my comments. So yeah, that is something that is fully in the works and, um, being compiled right now, probably leading, probably heading towards a, probably a, a 2022 next year, uh, release. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll be great to see one, one book I think would be perfect. Uh, in addition to one you're talking about is printing all those letters, go to that Facebook group, find the letters and just make a letters from Ditko book. I think that would be such a nice read. Well, I'd okay. I, I got I to throw, throw this in is I, I'm still, okay. Uh, I have my own business, but there's to me a legal side on the whole copyright thing. And it's just yeah. kind of, you know, gets sort of, you know, legalese, but there's something that I still have to understand about, because I had heard rumor that somebody was going to do that, but no. I don't understand the legalities of doing that because to me, I, what I had heard, and I don't know, I, I have to consult a lawyer or something is that the person who wrote the letter has uh, ownership of that letter and mm-hmm. not, not necessarily publishing rights. So, so from what I understand, all of those letters, the, the ability to publish them is owned by the Ditko estate. Oh, cool. Not necessarily an individual who could just collect them all up and publish them. So I've, I, I've heard rumors that somebody was going to do that. Um, we haven't really as a family pursued, uh, you know, doing that or not doing that. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to understand the legalities of doing that right now, but I agree right. because I, I belong to that page, you know, yeah. that Steve Ditko's letters. I read, I have not only the, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages that he wrote me that we wrote back and forth, but mm-hmm. I have others, you know, that have sent me their letters that has given me just amplified my insight yeah. into who he was. Right. And sign me and Matt up. We're going to buy that book. If you put both books, if you put them, <laughs> I'll pre-order it tonight. <laughs> yeah. give, give me the Amazon link. Come on, Mark. <laughs> uh, one, one thing I've, I've often wondered about your uncle Stanley was such an extrovert, such a salesman, so would not turn an interview down. And, and your uncle is almost so much different than him. Stanley looked back at everything. And what, what do you, what do you think? I I, I don't even know what the question is. Is it like a yin and a yang of those two? Mm. They're just so completely opposite, but they work like chocolate and peanut butter and made a beautiful Reese's pieces. (laughs) I mean, yeah. What's your thoughts on on the relationship between those two men? Well, I, I think you kind of said it. It was a perfect storm of yeah. two people who kind of came together. My uncle was always, and I mean, he always, always pushed division of labor. It's a division of labor. You have your job, you have your job, you have your job, and that's what gets that product out. Mm-hmm. He had his role, and he was a pro at his role. And Stan, yeah. you know, did he care about what Stan was necessarily doing? No, he probably just cared that he had a job and a paycheck and, you know, mm-hmm. consistent work. And Stan did his job. And Stan did his job, I'll say, good in a sense that he was a promoter. He was a showman. 
He was out there. He was pounding yeah. the streets. You know, whatever, you know, the sort of the anti-Stanites, you know, say, um, I still, my opinion is that at that time, at that moment, it was a perfect storm. You know, Jack and Stan it, and my uncle and everybody else that was there just created something that I don't know if that dynamic has existed yeah. since. So yeah. were they, is it because they were polar opposite that it worked? Was it a yin and a yang thing? I don't know. My uncle and Jack were, were insanely good artists and creators. Mm-hmm. And, and Stan was a pound, street in the, you know, pounding the streets and preaching the word. Mm-hmm. It yeah. worked. Your uh, uncle did. I've got a picture of it. Um, with Robin Snyder put out an essay called why I quit SM Spider-Man and Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I read it recently and he talks a bit about how um, at some point in the relationship with Stan, when Marvel was getting so big, he wouldn't talk to Steve. He would drop the art off and he would hand it to Saul, I think, uh, Blasky, yeah, Saul I think. Yeah. and yeah. Saul would, Saul was the middleman between Steve and Stan and your uncle wondered why that relationship changed according to his words in this article. And he eventually said, well, if he's not coming out of his office after I quit, I'm just, I'm just done. I I mean, what's your thoughts on this, this article he wrote, Mark? Well, I was four and it was a take your nephew to work day. And I happened (laughs) to go to work with him that day. (laughs) So when Saul took the art. Yeah. uh, Okay. Yeah. yeah, It was crazy. Um, No, I mean, this is really where, Look, this is this is so far beyond yeah. you know where my head is at. But yeah. that doesn't mean that I don't have my own. I can't draw my own conclusions from everything that I know. Yeah, you know. But um, what was the question? Uh, what what <laughs> what what changed about the relationship? Because after he quit, he also put out uh, an image. I've got this image up. Let me pull it. Uh, there was a bit of in the late nineties. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a who is the co-creator? Who is the creator? Yeah. And Stan said he hated to admit it, but St- Steve is the co-creator. And then in a rebuttal in 1999, uh, Steve put this out. It says, "Who is the creator? Who is the co-creator?" Um, yeah. Okay. So let me just just rewind the whole way back. I think into the sixties, mm-hmm. and this is kind of just my my spin. Yeah. For what it's worth, and it's no doubt. Uh, Michael say, you know, that and the nickel will maybe get you a couple of coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, clearly, something had happened. Yeah. Because it was not business as usual. Mm-hmm. There was something, there was some agreement, some, at some point, there was a seeing eye to eye that no longer existed. Yeah. So, what was that? You know, the speculation is that it was royalties or a piece of the pie or something in my opinion that is what it was but that's my opinion and right. i've talked to others that kind of substantiated that uh in later years but then his why did i quit marvel you know he pretty much said no that really wasn't it mm-hmm. but i i don't know at some at some point maybe i would get my arm twisted and kind of come out with a little bit stronger opinion or something on that, because I do mm-hmm. have my own opinion, but I just, all I can say is I think clearly something happened that disrupted my uncle. Hey, I've, I've worked jobs to mm-hmm. where something happened 
that it made me so unhappy that I just quit and had no place to go. I have right. quit multiple jobs with nowhere to go except the street mm-hmm. because it just wasn't things weren't working anymore. Yeah. And at that point, he didn't see some billion dollar future, not that he was looking at that, but a billion dollar future in Spider-Man or Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, we look back at it in hindsight and you go, that was insane. How could right. someone walk away from that? Well, come on, look, you see what it is now. You didn't see what it was then. You're right. So, and it, 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 it's it's the question that's been asked before. What broke the Beatles up? What broke Stan and Steve up? I mean, it's, yep. it, it's the comic book equivalent of the Beatle breakup. Yep. So, and we will never know because both men have passed and, and yeah. Steve, I mean, Stan had a horrible memory as it's on record. Yeah. <laughs> so he probably doesn't know anymore yeah. or didn't know. Uh, he also did, uh, there's, he wrote an article talking about Jack Kirby's idea of Spider-Man versus what he, Steve brought to the table. He drew this. This because yep. no one has seen the five pages, alleged five pages that Kirby drew of Spider-Man. And this is your uncle's memory of what it looked like, I think. I just yeah. read something recently. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if it was something that someone else had posted in a letter mm-hmm. or something that I read one of my letters where he said, if there was one thing I wish is I wish I would have saved those pages. Your uncle said that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to see him. I mean that. There, there's been rumors of there's a ray and a gun and yep. the webbing came out of the gun, but uh, I think I have yeah some some kid I don't yeah. know not kid but someone did this mock up of what Kirby's Spider Man allegedly looked like. Um, your your uncle didn't put glasses on, so yeah. I don't know how accurate yeah. that is. Yeah. But that I mean that's night and day to what your uncle came up with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the right so. Yeah. And I, I think it was. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, I have talked to my share of, you know, real uh, Kirby, the Kirby side. And uh-huh. I think there's, there's still some, you know, strong, you know, desire there or to try to substantiate that he was a real creator of Spider-Man. Yeah. But, you know what? I, I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I, for all Kirby fans, you know, I can't, I can't go there. You know, the, the reality is, he came out with his imagery and his, you know, Amazing mm-hmm. Fantasy 15. It was what it was. He yeah. created, you know, that aspect of his visuals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what went earlier? I think you could always go earlier. Hey, look at Arlen. Arlen's presentations that he does on, uh, you know, other artists. He can always find just dozens of references uh, from Twilight Zone to whatever, from Michelangelo, how there's mm-hmm. the similarities of, of artistry. You know, the reality is, is, is what is really new. It is just an amalgam of everything that you know. He right. created it. He 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 did. Right. He is the he is the creator of that imagery. But yeah. I'm a Ditko, so I probably say that. <laughs> did did Uncle Steve ever talk about John Romita, who who replaced him on the title? No, I, I, I wish this is another one. I wish I would have written yeah. him. I've met John multiple times and I've yeah. had conversations with John. I love John, but I, yeah. it was something I never really thought about, you know, even uh, asking him because it wasn't, I wasn't thinking, you know, about that. Yeah. I, I, I've never heard anything bad about the two of them fighting or anything like that. I mean, no, I think no. there was mutual respect on both of them. Yep. Uh, yep. So. John, John loved what, you know, my uncle Steve did, and we mm-hmm. had fantastic conversations and it was, right. he always welcomed me with open arms. Yeah. 
let's see. Co-creator. Any thoughts on what we were talking about of why he didn't like that term co-creator? Where in like in what reference? Because I think he well, he generally did see himself as a co-creator where Stan oh, was the one that always was right. hey creator, I'm creator, I'm the creator, I'm the creator. Right. He he did see it as co-creator. That's that's true. <laughs> I, I wonder why Steve, I mean Stan did not. I, I, I think he, he thought if I came up with the idea, but yeah. the vi it, comics are a visual medium as much as a, 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 a prose, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's 50, it's 50, 50 almost. You, you know what? That, that to me is an interesting point that I just from an outsider and now yeah. getting more immersed in this is that I see this, uh, not, not a battle, but a um, kind of almost a tug of war sometimes mm -hmm. between who's the creator between the writer and the artist but I've also known and talked with other writers who write at a, like a, you know, a granular level where they're describing something in so much detail mm -hmm. that, oh my gosh, I mean, you, I'm just now just taking those words and making a picture out of it. So it, I think in the case of obviously Dr. Strange is a different thing, but mm -hmm. Spider-Man, you know, I think a lot of those, especially you take a look at the, uh, all the, you know, um, villains that he created that came out of he, he look you know he created that yeah i don't yeah. care what word you say you know yeah. to me he is the creator of that a word doesn't yeah. mean anything I, i'm i'm also an inventor mm -hmm. so I, I could come up with a, a crazy name for an invention and maybe know what it is but that doesn't make me an inventor if someone really really right. comes up with the mechanics and all that stuff so um i yeah, I, I, they are they are co-creators. Um, yeah. and, and why Stan took that because he was a showman, and yeah. I don't know. He just felt like that was yeah. a way for him to own all that and pitch it. Right. right. Um, talk about about the last time you talked to him. He passed away June 29th, twenty eighteen. When was the last time you talked to your uncle? Well, the last time I actually saw him, I posted that. Um, I, you scrolled past it on the letters I have oh, it on I my on my um. Facebook, uh, I, I run the Steve Ditko's World um, group, but it, and it's okay. pinned to the top of the Steve Ditko World group. That was a video that my daughter shot the last time that I, I was in Johnstown when I saw him. So that was the last time we were together. Oh, I think, is it that home movie thing? Yeah. Home yep. movie video? Okay, here, I'll, I'll yeah. pull that up one more time. Let me remove this. Yeah, and that really, to me, I love that imagery because it kind of shows you how lighthearted he was and how you know, friendly he was. And, and I remember going to the door, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, right there. It's, there you go. There you are right there on the yeah. right. Yeah. And you remember what you guys were talking about there? No, somebody <laughs> asked me, well, I mean, we talked from, we talked about everything from, you know, rights to bees and being stung. Is. I mean, on and on and on, you know, we would just talk about everything, but even that, you know, it, at that, that was 2005 or somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm walking up to the door and he hides, he hides <laughs> you know, and I come in the door and he jumps out at me. Oh, wow. You know, to try to, it, it, that's, that's, that's my uncle. That's my uncle being kind of like one of the kids. And, he, and he's what in his late seventies, early eighties, jumping out at you. Yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. Just being a jokester, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. That's so good. That was 2005. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you have a, 
did you continue letters after that? I mean, up till yeah. 2019, 20s, what was the year? 2017 is you know what? I don't remember. I don't remember the last time. I have to dig out my letters. I don't remember the last time. We would always send, you know, Christmas cards or something like that mm-hmm. or birthday. I'd send him stuff for his birthday, but um, I don't remember the last time we actually wrote, uh, um, you know, a lengthier letter. Right. You know, I, it's, I have a similar case. My grandfather passed away a couple of years ago and I don't remember the last conversation and they just kind of all blend together. Don't they? Yeah. 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 And and that's why I only remember the time that I was there. The last time I saw him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, fans in the comment section, we're getting ready to wrap it up a little bit. If you guys want to ask some questions to Mark or Matt or me, feel free. We'll pop, pop them up before we wrap it up. Uh, I haven't been hitting the comments up as much as I can uh here here's one from alex mark what's your opinion of the sam raimi films he's reportedly a huge fan of the early lee ditko years of spidey well uh, okay if you if anybody can get me a connection to sam raimi because he's doing you know isn't he doing the uh, he's dr strange too so i want to talk to sam i want to i want to chat with him but me um, too you know (laughs) (laughs) so i i all i could say is from sort of a comment from my uncle is look if you're going to do a tribute to him make it a real tribute you know Mm. if you're going to put him put his name embedded in the movie then make it something honorable and worthy you know of of an actual creator co-creator so Mm -hmm. that's all that i would say i you know what i i i love all the movies um i just the fact that they you know are doing those um i i I love I, i love tom holland on those on those his latest one stuff though, you know, but I, I, I can't stand. He's a, he's a sidekick or he's a, he's Iron Man jr. And I hated the lifting scene that your uncle did so beautifully. And uncle Ben and aunt may are nowhere in there. He's just talking about yeah. Tony. I hate that. Yeah. They definitely <laughs> didn't play that up like they could have. Yeah. <sighs> but you know, even mention I'm, uncle ben. I'm kind of a fan of the Marvel universe. Anyway, uh, the movies yeah. that uh, uh, Kevin is doing. So um, I, I I'm not as serious as maybe some other fans are. Yeah. Um, I'm just yeah more on the enjoyment entertainment side. I think it's entertaining. Right. Uh, Alex also wants to know if your uncle ever talked about the chameleon. I uh, I don't recall ever talking to him about yeah. the chameleon. No. Didymus wants to know: Did was there any spider villains that your uncle created by himself besides the looter? You talked about he pretty much designed all of them. I mean, yeah. was the looter yeah. just totally Ditko? Did he come up with the idea of the name and everything, or what was? That? Don't know. Okay. You know what? At at that point in time when he was plotting everything, right? You know, he's the one that had the map of probably the 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 track of where things are going and where things you know who's who. You know, I don't know what involvement Stan had in any of that stuff. You know, right. I, I would I would probably put the lion's share of the the creative force on my uncle and, and on all of those characters. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Jeff says that Ringo broke up Steve and Stan. So <laughs> I think you're I think you're getting it confused, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this may be plausible. Yeah, something, something to look into. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, JL says, please make a virtual visit of the ex- exhibition for your foreign friends. Uh, yes, we're talking with Bruce and he's going to bring his cell phone and I'll connect Bruce just like we're doing now with these gentlemen and we'll get you a visual tour. I think that would be cool to get a tour. Uh, I, I, maybe JL is the one, but up here, there was one from Brazil that said, uh, 
Yeah, here it is. No, Gabriel said, it's a shame that I can't go to the exhibit. I live in Brazil, but it's great that this is happening. So that's awesome, Gabriel. We'll, we'll get you a virtual tour. tour. So, so Matt, can we, uh, can we take this on the road? Can you package this up and we can get some money <laughs> and take it on the road? I'm up for just about anything. So I mean, we should take it down to at least the San Diego or some of the other. Well, uh, well stop in the Midwest and Missouri where I am, please. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we should we should take it on tour. There you go. I'm totally down with that. Yeah, Matt, Matt do you have a big truck? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure something out. Um, Scott says, "Will there ever be any releases of Steve's earlier Marvel art?" Uh. I have a desire mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Right. You know, I, I, there was a, a Jonathan Ross did a, did a uh, thing about Ditko, yep. what, 15 years ago. And he tried to interview him and go, he went up, he knocked on the door on that nameplate right behind your head yep. and he wouldn't, we wouldn't do an interview, but uh, someone, I don't know if it was Jonathan Ross or someone else had knocked on your uncle's door said that he saw a lot of Marvel art around. So did you ever hear if he drew, he drew Spider-Man again or Dr. Strange again, or just un, did he write stories about these guys or no, he, no, what they what that was in reference to was the artwork that he had gotten back and oh. that he had, that he had artwork, you know, around. That's that's oh, really what that was referencing. Okay. He wasn't continuing to do that. I mean, he was working on his other stuff at you know whatever his active job paying gig was is what he was working on. So there was never a lost Spider-Man story that we never saw. So that would not that I'm aware of. There there was a I read in the mid maybe early '90s when the 2099 book came about. Those are that's Marvel in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve and Stan got together, maybe possibly the last time in person. And we're thinking about doing a collaboration with the Ravage book. And of all the heroes to do Ravage was not the run one for those two. <laughs> but how cool would it have been if they would have done a Spider-Man of the future? I think that would have been so cool. But, yeah, I, I heard about that uh, that meeting, yeah. you know, that uh, didn't really come, you know, it was, wasn't fruitful. Uh, yeah. Nothing really came out of it. But I did hear about that meeting and they were cordial and, you know, yeah. hugged each other and, uh but it just didn't, it just didn't gel in terms of yeah. what, what the, my uncle wanted to be doing at the time. Yep. Um, Bruce is wanting to know about some of the hints of things we'll see from the family at the exhibit. Um, honestly, I don't know. Cause my dad is the one that's, um, and Patrick are the ones that have all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that, the one thing that we're doing is, his, I have his library, his whole library. So that's what's behind me and over mm-hmm. to my side here. So I'm going to take uh, photos of every shelf of all these books and we're going to reconstruct it. Um, so we're not going to haul the books back there, but we're going to reconstruct it somewhere on the wall, right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. You know? that's cool. So that's one thing. But otherwise, um, I, Matt may know, more, may know more, but I don't know what my dad uh, and Patrick have up their sleeve as far as what they're going to take from you know, what they have and, and yeah. what's going to be in the show. Hopefully yeah, there's lots of pictures coming up, Matt. <laughs> I think there's a, a lot of that is uh, honestly still kind of up in the air because mm-hmm. it's hard for them to decide what, uh, what to show and what not to show, you know? So I think there's still a lot of debate going on inside the family, but um, I do know that there's going to be things that nobody's seen before. Right? Oh, that'll be so cool. 
Bruce also wants, has a question for Matt. How can fans participate remotely if they're not able to attend the exhibit, like buying items and viewing it? Uh, well, like you, you talked about uh, doing it on your show here with a walking interview and uh, yeah. hadn't, hadn't actually discussed it with Mark yet, but I'm hoping we can do a similar type of walkthrough with him, mm-hmm. maybe talking about the pieces in the exhibit. So, you know, we'll make everything that we can available, uh, available. Yeah. There's some discussion of a catalog. I think we're probably more likely to make a catalog of the inspired exhibit as opposed mm-hmm. to the actual main exhibit, just because mm-hmm. of the rights to the images and such. But right. How but many, but on the, on the inspired artwork, um, that's going to be able to, you're going to do online auction too on that, right? Yes. It's yes. not just going to be there in person. It's going to be online auction. Yeah. On oh, September cool. 11th, which is the day of the mini con, that's the last day of the exhibit. So at that point we're going to, we're going to have uh, a live auction, but it'll be, uh, you'll be able to join in online as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Have you gotten any of the art in, in house yet? Or are they still working? I, on have, it? I have a couple pieces in hand. Yeah. Nice. That that'll be that would be so cool to go to the mailbox. Oop, got something cool today. <laughs> I, I I geek out as much work as it's been to put all this together. I geek out every single day, man. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> Make a show you want to see. It sounds like Absolutely. Matt, you're doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Eric says, uh, Mark, thanks for an awesome interview. Did your uncle ever speak about his time doing horror books at Warren Comics? Uh, I asked them, well, the only thing I can remember, and again, I got to go through my letters at some point. I don't know. Maybe at some point I published my letters and our exchange, you know, because that's be a pretty hefty volume. But I asked them about his wash work, which I just absolutely loved his wash work. Mm-hmm. So um, and he was just saying, yeah, he made some comments about his wash work, um, that it was just him experimenting with new techniques that he loved to do. I, I can't remember anything really beyond that. Yeah. Uh, Los Comex TV. Nice to see Matt. He's been a faceless email correspondent <laughs> for the last few weeks. Looking forward to visiting Johnstown in September. Uh, he has a question it says, uh, have they done a show this big at bottle works before Matt? Oh, that's, I guess, hard to put into perspective. We, you know, we celebrate a lot of local artists and a lot of, uh, we have a lot of big exhibitions, but for me personally, there hasn't been one bigger just because of my personal connection to, to Steve's work, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do a lot of, I would say a lot of important work. Yeah. So. Uh, Bruce also says, Mark, thank you and your family for allowing us to see the man side of Steve. I would agree. Uh, JL who oh. is sending two clips to bleeding cool. One that the <laughs> Ditko family loves the crawl space. Uh, <laughs> and two, he is not the <laughs> secret donor as amazing fantasy 15, but he's working <laughs> on uh, his Ditko inspired drawing and it's stressful. Yeah, man. I would imagine. <laughs> Me too. And I've done like three of them because I can't, you know what I mean? It's. Oh, Matt, you're an artist too. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I finish a piece and then I'm like, yeah, I like it, but it's just not, it's not enough. You know, like I keep going yeah. back to the drawing board. Hey, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll let out that I'm actually working on something too. Oh, just awesome. a, a panel from uh, a Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I didn't know that. So that's Yeah, great. well, I don't have it done, so I <laughs> didn't we'll see if I actually get it done, but yeah, I've been working on it. That yeah. that'll be awesome. The Ditko Spider-Man connection continues. I love that. <laughs> uh Eric says I love those books and his horror work. So, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh JL says, thanks for the show. It was very nice. I've seen Mark's artwork and he loves it. Uh, we have another question. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me share the screen real quick. 
of the schedule of events. So this question, this person goes, Hey, I'm from Pennsylvania, close to Johnstown. What's going on? (laughs) It sounds awesome. Luke. All right. Well, Luke, (laughs) there's an exhibit. (laughs) You're an hour and a half late to the interview, but bro. (laughs) Check out the Facebook page and the website. It's all there. Yes. And hit rewind on this video. You can hear all about the celebration of Steve Ditko starting next month in his hometown. Uh, starting July 15th through September 11th at Bottle Works. It's going to be a great show. What, on the Crawl Space, we'll give you a walking tour with Bruce, and it'll be a great time. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time. Mark, thank you for your time. I've wanted to so so much about your uncle, and it's nice to learn the man, like Bruce yeah. said, w- instead yeah. of the rumors. Yeah. So, gentlemen, thank you so much. that's a wrap on that episode i hope you liked it uh one more time before we wrap it all up i want to remind you about uh patreon.com slash crawlspace log on there to get exclusive thank you content which uh, one of them is the spire satellites where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode that's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through patreon there's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.